Hey everybody, welcome to Red Treasure Rising. Uh, this is the podcast that tells the story of Red Treasure, um, band in Los Angeles. My name is Colin Daniels, I play guitar and sing. And I'm Gabe Rivero, I play the drums. It's really great to have you back, Gabe. We've had a couple yeah. episodes without you, um, just due to schedule conflict, so it's great to have you here. So this is episode 10, and coming up I have an interview with uh, three find people who uh, actually work at the day job with us that we don't talk about and um, they're here for the summer as interns and they're all students at the University of Southern California so we have a great conversation about um, their view from uh, their college campus of what music they're into what music their friends are into where rock music in general falls in today's world of music and and their world and we also talk about their different experiences living in Los Angeles um, but last week on episode nine, we finished up my conversation with Mike and Scott, your, your lifelong friends, mm-hmm. talking about um, the band you were in before Red Treasure, which was called Dear Silence, and then the project that never sort of became a full band, but that you and Mike and Scott were in together. Right, and, and then, you know, after, I don't know, if, I haven't listened to it yet. Yeah, I know. But after Dear <laughs> Silence, there was that, uh, lo- um, what was that? It was like a continuation of dear silence but without the singer right uh, yeah we I, talked about that too yeah because yeah, aj still did they say the name of the band i'm not sure we talked about that title so was that when aj yeah. was that was with aj okay so so this is after brooke the singer leaves after brooke leaves there's so many aspects of this story. <laughs> every know, time i think so we many. finish the story it's like oh but then there's this other part <laughs> i know and i it's weird because i'm the one who usually forgets the details and i'm here yeah adding more details fixing everything yeah <laughs> maybe they did i don't know i have to go yeah. back and listen to it okay but, so. yeah but for those who have listened to episode yeah nine um in case they missed it there was a well we talked about the fact that there was dear, dear the, the dear silence band without brooke continued after brooke after yeah so I didn't know. I I guess I think you've told me that privately before that they that there was a name change to come out swinging. Yeah, yeah, we can't. So AJ had this idea of sort of rebooting with a new singer. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm, with him singing. Oh, with him um, as the singer. Yeah. And playing guitar. And playing guitar. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, we were op- open to having a a lead vocalist. Uh huh. But in the meantime, AJ, since he used to play or and sing in, in previous bands. Oh, okay. He, he was like, all right, I'll just do it for now. Okay. So, and he had some ideas and some songs from, from past projects. Oh, okay. That we were working on. And then we'd also just play the Dear Silence songs too. Oh, okay. Just because they were, they were fun and we were already invested in And them. did AJ sing those? I uh, No, I don't think oh. we, we sang it. At, you just played them instrumentally? Just played them instrumentally, yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. I, I wish I could go back. I mean, I probably still have some some recordings of our rehearsals. Well, Scott was saying, I don't remember if he said it on the podcast, but he was saying to me, I think the other day in the hallway, that he has something like 500 re- like uh, recordings of just rehearsal stuff yeah. from the Dear Silence years. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to have you guys go back and listen to some of that stuff and hear your impressions. But so, so, But Come Out Swinging never came out swinging. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Which was too bad. It's kind of a sad thing. Yeah. But so it never, um, things sort of broke down. And um, did you ever perform as Come Out Swinging? No. We never you never performed. had a gig. We just okay. rehearsed. And AJ was like the leader. Yeah. You know, he mm-hmm. like kept us together. And he's like, mm-hmm. come on, guys. Like, you know, and he kept saying, uh, never say die, never say die. That was kind yeah. of like his 
this mantra mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it. But but then the various things that we talked about through episodes eight and nine <laughs> happened, yeah. and eventually you guys parted ways with AJ, right? And you mm-hmm. and Scott um, hooked up with Mike because yes. Mike had been following you guys all through the Deer Silence, and I guess the Come Out Swinging, the ironically named Come Out Swinging <laughs> um, band years. Um, so then you guys had this project every Thursday night, which that's my, my idea for the band name of that is every Thursday, <laughs> every Thursday night, night. Yeah. rehearse every Thursday From night. From 10 to 12. Yeah. But then that <laughs> fell away. So what I'm interested in, as I, I told you before we started the podcast, like I wanted to talk about how you and I met and how for our listeners, you know, I sort of explained to them, um, how Red Treasure started, but I am curious cause I know that story and I, there isn't a whole lot to it. But I'm curious as to what your mindset was now that we've heard, you know, all the stuff that happened before. Now, when, how long was it? I mean, not that you need to know exactly, but how long was it between the Every Thursday Night project, the last time that met, and your and Mai's first, you know, jam session slash rehearsal? Wow, that must have been at least a couple of years. Okay. Yeah, because we probably stopped playing, like, just, you know, when it was just, like, Scott and Mike uh-huh. and myself. Mm-hmm. We probably stopped, I would say, maybe 2012, 2013, okay. around there. Oh, okay. Um, And then I didn't meet you until 2015. 2015, yep. Right, so, yeah, so it was a couple of years. When did, do you remember when you came to the bank? What month? Yeah, it was June. I didn't mean to say bank. I meant to say uh, <laughs> the place where we work. <laughs> So it was June of 2015. 2015. I'm going to have to yeah. see if I can edit that out now. Um, <laughs> so you came to the place where we worked in June of 2015. Okay. And so we had met. We met then. Yes. Because you came, you came on board and you were here. Um, but we didn't have our first session until November. Yeah, months later. Because I remember, I was trying to think in the car this morning, like, I was trying to remember, because Scott told me, uh, I think told me some stuff about Dear Silence and all that before you came to work mm-hmm. here. And I thought it was interesting, but I don't remember connecting it to, I guess, because what I was going through, we'll get to what you were going through in a second, but what I was going through was when I came to LA, I actually was thinking that I, I wanted to have a band, but I wanted to be a solo artist. So I wanted to be Colin Daniels and then just have a backup band of musicians. And I didn't want, like, a, a band that had a name and, like, everybody equal within the band. Um, and I can go, when we have more time, some other time, we can go further into that. But that was my mentality. And that's, so when I landed here in 2013, that's when I was thinking. And then slowly over time that eroded because I realized, because my idea was I was just going to somehow get a lot of money and pay people to rehearse with me and do shows and everything. And obviously it wouldn't be exactly like a band experience. But what I realized was I didn't have any spare money. <laughs> so I never had anybody to play with. And so it was sort of like this after a couple of years, it was like, well, this is getting ridiculous. You know, my intent was not to just be, you know, the standard, you know, troubadour crooner, you know, in a coffee house with my acoustic. Um, it, it was to play with other musicians. So, but when I was when I when I came to work here and over the course of meeting Scott and everything I don't nece- I didn't necessarily put together like oh Scott is a musician Scott knows musicians I didn't really put that together I was kind of just like relating to him and like oh that's cool you're in a band I was in a band you know that's cool and you were on board for a while before 
And I don't remember if you and I ever had like a talk about music before. Do you remember anything? Do you remember like before I asked you to jam with me? Do you remember any of our conversations? I, I do remember one. Okay. So, but going back a little further, before I even got hired, uh huh, Scott told me about you. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so he so, was playing both sides. He was he telling was. <laughs> he was telling me about you and telling you about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and telling you about me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I, if I ever told you this, but no. But yeah, he's like, oh yeah, he's like, I work with this guy who used to be in bands, um, <laughs> and he plays guitar. <laughs> And, this is hilarious. Yeah, so this is so Scott. Yeah, and, and Scott's so... telling me he's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, he's really cool. Like, you know, he um he's been on tour around the country. <laughs> Something and like, oh man, this guy's like, you know, <laughs> like a real musician. Like I've never I've never been on tour. Like I've never played outside of Southern California. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. So and then he actually went to the extent of like even sending me like a YouTube link. Like I don't, I don't know if you ever had like if you remember. I think you had. Some yeah, it was one of the old Victor Bravo song. live ones, or was it a recording? It was um, an album. I think it was a video of just you. Yeah. Like in your bedroom or something. Playing, oh, okay. Yeah, in like, the solo years. Like the solo yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, "Hey, check him out," you know, and he sent me a link. That's funny. And I ended up watching. It. I can't remember. Yeah, the which song. song it was? Yeah, you know. It, it might be one that you play it might be all the, the time now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So then, he, you know, he was telling me about you. He's like, yeah, you know, um, <laughs> like, you know, it'd be cool if you, you, know, if you can it's do hilarious. this sometime. And, you know, eventually I, yeah. I got the job here. And then, <laughs> and then, okay, so fast forward now. We're working together. Yeah. And I think right away, just because, you know, with train, onboarding and training, yeah. you know, uh, we didn't get to interact yeah. very much. But I remember. There's a lot of training in the trucking industry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember sitting with you and that was like one of the first times that I actually got to like interact with you like one on one yeah. and well because you we hired you sometimes this place hires people in groups and yes. sometimes they hire one at a time and you were a one at a time person yes so you were going around as the only new guy in the office right or trucking depot <laughs> whatever um and yeah so you were you were you were having interactions one on one with people as the new guy Right. So I remember um, that. Yeah, yes. And then, yeah. And then I, I remember I just started asking you. I was like, oh, hey, so. That's right. Scott told me that you I feel I do vaguely remember <laughs> you asking me about music. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I started asking questions like, oh, yeah, so I heard you play guitar. And you're like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think you were like, oh, yeah, Scott told me that you play guitar, too. Yeah. And then like, yeah, and then kind of just started Cause, from there. Yeah, because there was a disconnect, though, because – Somehow, what I got from Scott was that you were a guitar player and a bass player only. And I don't know, I think what happened was Scott just told me the history, you know, the brief history of Dear Silence. And that's what you were at one point or other in those bands. So I think I just made the assumption that you didn't play drums. And then I do remember, and I'm pretty sure it was quite a while after you'd been here, so way after June of 2015, I was talking to Scott alone in the office or trucking depot, and he said, "I don't, and I don't remember if I asked him, um, or he, I, th but I think he brought it up as something like, oh, you know, Gabriel plays drums too. I think that's how it happened. And I was skeptical at first. I was like, well, if he plays drums, like, why, why was he the bass player and the guitar player, you know, in these two bands? And I said, really? I said, is he any good? And Scott said, Gabriel is good at everything he plays <laughs> and he said but with drums he's gonna tell you 
that he doesn't know how to play drums and don't believe him because we had a really good drummer in Dear Silence and when but when we were doing a cover and the drum part was too complicated and our drummer couldn't figure it out Gabriel would just go over right away and show him how to do it <laughs> so when he tells you he doesn't know how to play drums just dismiss that just ask you know like just keep going and so I took that to heart, and I remember asking you, like, oh, do you play drums? And you said, not really. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> but because Scott had said that, I asked for, you know, clarification, and, you know, and you had played drums, you know, but on your own, you know, on your own time primarily, or just in informal sessions and stuff. You hadn't been, you hadn't been the drummer in a band. Right, yes. But when we, um, but when we had our first session, like, you were... I mean, our first session just became a rehearsal. I mean, that's my recollection of it. When we met at Hot House the first time to play, it's like, I think I had landed, and I was like, I was just, I'll just start playing, and then you do whatever. And you, like, by the end of the first time through, you had a drum part, and then we played it two more times, and I think that's pretty close to what we, <laughs> what we put on the record. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, and I was pretty nervous, too, because... You were nervous? Yeah. That's just, funny. Just because I didn't consider myself a drummer. Yeah. You know, because primarily I played guitar. Bass and guitar, yeah. And bass, yeah. you know. I recorded bass on some tracks with Your Silence. And yeah, yeah. Then, and then I went to guitar. But, um, yeah, drums were just more of a hobby. Like, yeah. I just kind of picked it up, you know. Yeah. My dad bought a drum set for my younger siblings to learn. Oh, okay. And he ended up buying, like, a, a VHS tape. Like drum beginning drumming one oh one. Oh, okay. And um and okay. they lost interest right away, but mm -hmm. me being like the musician Yeah. I was like I stuck with it. I just learned the basics. Oh, cool. But I never and then like I would play I would just jam mm -hmm. you know, at rehearsal on the on the kit there. Oh, okay. Like but, in your uh, science rehearsal. Like, yeah, 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 you know. And I, I guess, you know, it came to me pretty easily. Because <laughs> nobody believes that you didn't start out as a drummer. Like whenever we play you know, or the, somebody listens to the record, everybody thinks you've been a drummer, nothing but a drummer your whole life. <laughs> right, yeah. And then you get up at the end when we do the acoustic stuff and you start playing acoustic guitar uh, and the people <laughs> that don't know you are like, oh my God, he plays guitar yeah, too. Yeah, surprise. So the question I want to ask, the, the real question I want to ask is, so I talked about the mentality I was in because basically once I got from Scott that you're a drummer and then I found out, you know, I, that's when my thinking changed. It's like, well... I think this whole, you know, save up a million dollars so that I can hire everybody is not working out and I probably should find a band. And the first piece of that has to be the drummer because otherwise we're just floating around with, you know, no, um, you know, no percussion, nobody keep time, anything like that. So I think as soon as I knew that you were a fairly good guy and I got along with you and Scott endorsed your drumming, then I was like, all right, you know, if he's up for this and it works, I'll, I'm letting go of the solo thing and I'm just going to have a band because mm -hmm. that's probably where I'm more comfortable anyway. But what I'm curious about is now that we've heard episodes eight and nine where we get the whole saga, it was two years between, you know, the end of the post Dear Silence or post Come Out Swinging project and when I asked you if you wanted to jam. So like right before that, like I'm, I'm just curious, like the week or the month before you and I talked about it and set up the first jam session, like how were you feeling about music? Like did you feel like you were um, going to get into another band or did you want to get into another band or had you tried or? Yeah, actually I did try once. Okay. I, I auditioned with some guys. I found them 
on some classifieds. Uh-huh. Um, I think it was Facebook. Okay. And they had a couple like just demos. Uh huh. And I liked the music, so mm-hmm. then I I contacted them, went down to one of their houses, and they're like, "Oh yeah, just uh, bring your acoustic guitar, uh, practice w- one of our songs, and come down." Okay. And uh, and we'll we'll see how it goes. Well, I didn't practice <laughs> the song, <laughs> but uh, I already made the commitment to go, so I went. Mm-hmm. And I probably only listened to the song like once or twice. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, uh, it was it was a disaster, like because <laughs> they expected you to. Yeah, they they, they were yeah. expecting me to already know it, and they were yeah. teaching me how to play it. You know, yeah, yeah. And I totally felt like, you know, like oh, these guys probably think I, I'm not very good, yeah. or just you know, just a slacker. Do you remember why you didn't like learn the song, or because that's unlike you? I mean, usually if I, if we talk about you doing something like. Yeah, it must. I think I was just busy with work. Busy. Or, yeah. And I heard the song once, and in my mind, I was like, "Oh, it's not that tough to learn. I'll, I'll, oh. I'll put it off until <laughs> like the day of, yeah, or something, or the day before." And then I never yeah. ended up doing it. Mm. So I never got a call back. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, so what were you thinking? So okay, so that that happened. So that happened. Then so what was your mentality like before we had the conversation? Like, did you think that you might not, you might never play in a band again, or you definitely were, or I I didn't think too much of it. I mean, I just really yeah. I mean, I that's guess, weird I, I, to me because you're <laughs> such you're such a musician to me. I guess I, I it feels like it's in your blood. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I mean, at, at that point, I wasn't even thinking about joining a band. You know, I, I was just working. You know, like because I, I do remember when I asked you, because I think you knew where I was going with it. Uh-huh. Because I said, I'm thinking of, you know, maybe putting a band together. I don't remember how I put it, but I could see the look on your face and you, I felt like you knew what I was going to ask you and you started to light up. And then when I asked you, like, you're not a man who gets excited easily, <laughs> but you were as excited as I've ever seen, I've ever seen you up to that point. And you were like, yeah, I think that'd be great, you know? So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it, I guess it was it was nice, you know, like, you yeah. know, I did get excited because yeah. it, I took some time off, yeah. you know, I wasn't playing regularly, yeah. um, especially with other people, like, you know, yeah, yeah, in that type of, like, scenario, so, yeah, I, you know, I guess I was anxious to, to get back into it, yeah, you know, even though I wasn't really looking for it, yeah, you know, and I, but, yeah, but w- w- once the opportunity arose... I got excited. I was like, yeah, you know what? Actually, I really do love this, you know? Yeah. So. Well, it's funny because you went from not playing with any other people at all to, like, once we had that first rehearsal, we rehearsed almost every week, at least once a week since. Yeah. You know, we take one week off every now and then for vacation or whatever, but. Yeah. I mean, pretty much it's been, like, shows, recording sessions, and rehearsals ever since that for four years. So it's it's, it's a little strange to me that you went from, like, just nothing, nothing to bam to bam yeah yeah and that's how it but happens. i think that like i think that musicians are different and i think one of the things that has been great for our friendship and our bandmateship whatever that's called um i mean it just doesn't sound like you like you didn't have like you didn't you're not a, you're not primarily a songwriter like you don't wake up in the morning and want to write songs no um and I think if you're that kind of musician, then your your preference is going to be to play with other people rather than to form your own thing. Because if you form your own thing, if you're the one that puts the Craigslist ad out, I mean, I've seen them. There are Craigslist ads that are like, hey, I'm just a bass player looking for other people. But 
at some point somebody's going to grab the reins, you know? And if you are somebody who likes to contribute primarily your thing to something that somebody else starts, you're dependent on someone else starting something, right? You can look around for it like you did, but if you don't find it, and I think musical chem- like musical and personal chemistry, especially together, is extraordinarily hard to find. And you just, that my proof for that is like how 99% of all bands ever have broken up. <laughs> you know, like even the ones that had great musical chemistry, they have personal chemistry that doesn't work and they break up eventually. Um, but um, I mean, one of the things I love about working with you is that you have a lot of great ideas. Like you've brought song ideas in, like you've jammed around now on your own on guitar and brought, I mean, I think um, Carved in Fire, aren't one of our new ones, that was you um, pretty much. But you're, you're willing to serve the someone else's idea, but become a total invested partner in it, which I think is really, I think that's a really unique thing in the music world because most people in my experience are either, they want to be like a, a, they want to be in the background and they don't really want to be a part of it. And I think a lot of pros are like that. They just want to get show up, get paid. They don't want to be attached to the project or anything. Or they're like me or AJ and they want to like run the whole thing. So I, I think what I was really looking for was somebody who definitely is, is talented both as a writer and just as a player, but somebody who's willing to like, at least initially like going, go along with my vision and the stuff that I've written. And now we're starting to write stuff together. Like stars to dust was written together primarily. Um, star seed was written together, um, carved in fire, you know, so we're starting to write together. But I mean, I knew I had like, you know, a zillion songs already in the can and I, d- I didn't want to like spend two years getting to know each other and what are we going to write and what kind of band we're going to be. I was like, I need you to play drums on Landed and you can go home again and, you know, all that. So that's just really interesting. But the thing that when I, when I hear your story, the thing that's scary to me is you're so talented and you love music so much. It's like if we hadn't had that conversation, like what would have happened, you know? <laughs> right, yeah, it'd probably still be... Well, you never know. I mean, yeah, it could I mean, it could be like, you know, you could have met somebody else next week, you know, the next week that, yeah. you know, wanted be, you to be in some, play bass in some crazy psycho metal band or something, yeah. and that would have been your life, but, yeah. But I think that's the odd thing about music. It's like, there are these kind of like, there's the, the visionaries or whatever, and then there's people that only want to hide in the background, and if you have those two together, those don't work... You, First of all, if you have two visionaries in the band, it's very, very difficult because you end up clashing with what you, what kind of music you want to make and all that kind of thing. If your band is all the people that want to fade in the background, nobody wants to book gigs, nobody wants to do the website, <laughs> you know, nobody wants to write the songs, you know, so you're in that trap. If you have people who only want to fade in the background and you have a visionary, the visionary tends to get frustrated because they feel like the back the people that just want to hide in the back aren't doing enough, you know. So I think really, in a, in a way, like we were the perfect match early on um, because you were, you're somebody who can, if I ask you to do something, like can you play faster or can you put more fill in or take that fill out, you're happy to do that, but you also have your own ideas. So you're willing to serve like what I bring to the table, but you, you're, you're not just like showing up, playing and leaving, you know, you're invested. I think that's really unique i wish there were more people like you in the music world because i think fewer bands would break up because <laughs> if you're only one or the other you know it's like these extremes and it's really hard to make it work so yeah well i'm glad i met you and i'm glad we formed the band 
Um, so thanks. Thanks for, for telling that story. All right, everybody. Um, so we're going to go over to an interview now um, of the three folks uh, from USC that I interviewed to talk about rock music on college campuses and all sorts of other stuff about Los Angeles. So thanks for listening. We'll take a little bit of break here and then go over to that interview. Hey, everybody, this is Colin again from Red Treasure. Hey, I just wanted to let you know what our uh, internet and social media handles are, just in case you want to find out more information about us, listen to some of our music, watch some of our videos, see some cool photos. On Instagram and Twitter, we are at Red Treasure Band, all together with no spaces, punctuation, or special characters. Uh, we're at facebook.com slash Red Treasure Band, same thing, all together. Uh, we're at soundcloud.com slash Red Treasure Band, and on Bandcamp, we're redtreasure.bandcamp.com. On YouTube, uh, you can either go to our Facebook page and look at our website link that will take you to our YouTube channel, or you can go to YouTube and don't just search Red Treasure, search Red Treasure Hot House Trip. That's our first EP. So search Red Treasure Hot House Trip. That'll take you to some of our videos and our YouTube channel. All right, thanks so much for listening. Now back to the show. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Red Treasure Rising. Uh, This is the podcast that chronicles the story of the band Red Treasure. My name is Colin Daniels. I play guitar and sing in the band. My partner, Gabriel, who plays drums, is not here this week. Uh, But we have a really great episode for you here. I'm really excited about this this week. We have three guests. um, And I forgot to tell you one thing, but I can tell you here. I can tell our guests. Um, So we all work at the same place, the same day job. We don't talk about what that day job is. Um, because we haven't cleared it with marketing or anything, (laughs) but we, we do reference it sometimes because it's how we all know each other. Sometimes we've had other guests that we've met through our day job. So, um, so these three lovely folks here are, you are interning, uh, this summer Mm -hmm. at the place that we work that we don't (laughs) talk about. Um, and you're all students at the university of Southern California, USC, Mm -hmm. Go Trojans. Fight on. And, um, okay, so I'll just introduce, we have three people here, so I'll just introduce them one at a time. So first we have Emma Kyle. Hi. And you are from? Chicago. Okay, you're from Chicago. And you're going to be a junior? Junior at USC. USC. So you're between your sophomore, junior year. Okay, Mm -hmm. great. And you are? Uh, Joel. I'm a rising senior at USC. Okay. And I'm from Culver City, which is kind of Los Angeles, kind of not. (laughs) Yeah, suburbs. Not really a suburb. It's It's part of Los Angeles. I mean, we have this endless conversation about what is Los Angeles, what is it? It's like technically a separate city, but it's completely surrounded by Los Angeles. Yeah, it's It's it has its own city government. Yeah, it does. It does. Okay. Yeah, but people from outside Los Angeles, my thing, my thinking is, would consider Culver City to be part of LA. Yeah, Yeah. you would. If you're in LA, then you're having the conversation of. Where are yeah. you? And Culver yeah, City is exactly. It's like within the circle of what is considered LA, but we understand that Culver City is like its own yeah, thing. Exactly. So it's okay. Los Angeles. <laughs> sure. Basically, Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. Because um, we say all the time. Because Gabriel's from Norwalk, mm-hmm. and a lot of people that live like in Culver City, for example, don't consider Norwalk <laughs> yeah, to be part not. of Los Angeles. <laughs> 
But I have multiple sources on the internet that swear that the Rock is part of Los Angeles. Okay. And then third, and certainly not least, uh, we have... Uh, Spencer uh, okay. from San Francisco as well. And then I go to USC studying econ and rising senior. Okay. So you... So everybody's no, you're a sophomore going into junior year. Yes. And you, the two gentlemen, are juniors going into your Rising senior, senior year. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. Um, so thank you so much for joining me. Definitely. I really appreciate you guys taking the time. Um, I guess the first thing I don't want to the, the the big I think I when I emailed you guys about being guests on the podcast, like one of the things I said was like I don't want this whole conversation to be about age because mm-hmm. <laughs> the temptation is there because I'm somewhat older than you. We won't talk about how many <laughs> years are between us, but I am curious. It's been a while since I've been on a college campus. Um, do you guys have a sense of like what? your fellow students at USC are listening to for music these days? Like, what's yeah, playing in the... Yeah, I would definitely say so. Well, the thing yeah. about USC that's really interesting is there's a lot of different subgroups. Okay. So, me and Spencer are part of the Greek life system, mm-hmm. but okay. then there's also um, the international, like, one of our other interns, she's in Asian Greek life, specifically. Okay. And then, I don't know, for me, I always forget about, like, all the different subgroups within mm-hmm. USC. And so there's, like, obviously the athletes. Then you have the whole cinema school, which all those kids are so accomplished and very much into their work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but definitely for the Greek life, I would say it's mostly rap and maybe alternative rock. I would say... And EDM. A lot of EDM. Yeah. House. That's got a lot For people who don't know what EDM is, it's electronic dance music. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's still pretty common, even if you listen to a lot of EDM or rap. I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people still also listen to rock. It's just like really? it doesn't yeah. come okay. out like you wouldn't hear that as much. I yeah. Think, yeah, I think personally just coming from high school and going into college, I didn't listen to as much EDM, mm-hmm. but I found like a lot more students do, mm-hmm. especially being in LA, you're you're exposed to so many different concerts. Mm-hmm. Um so many different areas just not USC specifically. Mm-hmm. And I think that is really where like just DJs and like I mean, EDM specifically, like house and techno, mm-hmm. that's gotten a lot more popular. Yeah. But I think with rock, you'll still see that just like casually. Yeah. Um, I know like just so kind of more social events, more, mm-hmm. um, not as maybe not as intense as other things, but mm-hmm. you'll definitely hear that rock. And then like, of course, rap, mm-hmm. just being in LA is going to be super, yeah. super popular. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So is, I'm, I'm curious is like, what, 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 like let's go one at a time like what was your musical evolution like like childhood were you listening to music high school and then now usc like what what have you been listening to and how have things changed if at all yeah so i'll just go first um i definitely grew up in a very music oriented family my dad always played classic soft rock growing up okay um i (laughs) i don't know if you are familiar with the beatles like video that's super trippy what is it i think it's called yellow submarine yellow submarine oh yeah but we had that i i watched that with my sisters growing up and obviously we had no understanding of Mm -hmm. like what it kind of meant yeah but we were just always exposed to uh like the beatles um my dad also really liked like billy joel fluid mac eagles so from a young age i was just always exposed to kind of that era okay and then, so then I'd say during, like, high school and college now, it's it's kind of, like, nostalgia for me because it mm. reminds me of my childhood. Mm. But also, it's just, like, such great music. Like, 
the music that comes out nowadays, it can, for me, I kind of gravitate toward music with, like, good beats or good lyrics, but I feel like rarely it intertwines with, like, just an artist who has both sides, like, lyrically Mm. and can compose, like, great music. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we talk about it a lot because we love, like, classic rock, but I'm more of a soft rock type of person, but we just always say that music is not produced the way that it used to. Like, it's just Mm -hmm. such great music, and I think that's why it can withstand time and generations. Like, so many people of our generation love classic rock, but it's just not played at our parties. But we all kind of, like, love it. Like, you can't not love Interesting. it. Interesting. Okay. It's just so classic. Is and it... So there's sort of, like, this... Uh, there's a place where it is played and a place where it's not, yeah, kind of. Like, completely. it depends on the the people and mm-hmm. the event. Yes. Yeah. And it's, like... So it would, would it, so you there are particular parties you might be at where it would yeah. be really weird if somebody put, like... Oh, yeah. Fleetwood Mac on, and then there's be other parties where, yeah. like, of course they're going to play that. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. All right. That gives me a better idea. I want I want to go around and get everybody's answer. Yeah. That that sparks a lot of questions for me. But how about you? Like um, ch- childhood, high school. How did, what was your evolution? Uh, kind of interesting, maybe to somebody. Um, I think a lot of what I listen to is influenced by my dad. Mm-hmm. My mom listens to a lot of um, classical music, and that never. Oh okay. Uh, tickled my fancy. I guess <laughs> the past couple of years I've started to appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. But I remember. Uh, probably the earliest stuff I remember listening to with my dad was in third grade. So we'd like listen to Machine Head, like on mm-hmm. repeat Machine or, or, um, Deep Purple Live in Japan. Oh, wow. We listened to that so often. I remember asking him, dad, how many times do you think we've listened to <laughs> Strange Kind of Woman on Live in Japan? <laughs> and he said probably hundreds by now. And I was wow. like, only 10. And like, it's, it's weird for me cause I still could listen to that whole album on repeat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm from Deep Purple, which I still really enjoy, um, into uh, The Who was my next major oh, cool. phase. So that was like 7th through probably ninth or 10th grade. And so my first concert was The Who, Rog- well, it was just Roger Daltrey in oh, LA. Wow. And then maybe in high school, it was Roger Daltrey and Pete Townsend. They did Quadrophenia. Oh, wow. Which is amazing. Um, and Ringo Starr's son was the drummer. I forget his name. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm yeah. sorry, I don't He's okay. <laughs> He's pretty good. He's not uh, Keith Moon, though. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> after that, um, actually pretty much all of high school, I took a shift, and I love Frank Sinatra. Oh, and cool. so I listened to a lot of that. Um, and uh, I was in Boy Scouts, so we, there's a lot of listening to music in the car right up. Uh-huh. Um, so I got into... A lot of other stuff I, re- I really enjoy. S- some of Yes. Oh, cool. Um, what was the like? Mm. I definitely go through phases, too, yeah, how I you were saying. Like, in high school and even college, like, I'll be obsessed with a particular band and, like, yeah. watch all the documentaries, everything, and then oh, wow. be like, okay, on to the next. Yeah. I mean, of course, I, re- I listen to a lot of Led Zeppelin and mm-hmm. all the major stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess probably freshman year of college, now I'm onto my Van Halen phase. Yeah, because yeah, you showed me that amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, it's it's really a recording, but the the Gene Simmons demo, mm, it's which a, I had read about for years, oh, so and good. I didn't know it actually existed anywhere. I yeah. think everything on that is amazing and better yeah. than the studio version, except for um, Running with the Devil. I yeah. I think that version's pretty poor. It's very weird. Yeah. <laughs> the studio version's definitely better, but everything else is just so good. Yeah. And so that's where I'm at today. Cool. All right. Cool. How about you, Spencer? Um, so, yeah, so I'd say for me, like, I started really getting into music, uh, f- 
late elementary, early middle school. Oh, okay. And I think I got definitely some inspiration. So you from, got past the nursery rhyme stuff. Yeah. Right? Like, okay. <laughs> and I, uh, <laughs> I think yeah, my my parents definitely had some um, part into just my knowledge of like classic rock and getting into it. But mm-hmm. I think for them, like whenever you listen to music in the car rides and stuff, it'd be more like pop. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Like, just from the radio? Yeah, just radio okay. pop. And then I'd, my dad would always just play, like, baseball games and stuff. So, like, mm-hmm. more sports. But, like, the biggest thing was just my friends. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of friends that were really big in, like, classic rock. And every time I'd, I'd like, spend time with them, um, they'd th- kind of throw on different artists. Mm-hmm. I remember in middle school, I had a really good friend. We'd, we'd, we'd kind of go on Spotify or Pandora. Mm-hmm. And we'd play with so- a song and then immediately flip the phone over so we don't know the artist. And then oh, whoever cool. would guess the artist or the song quickest. Um, that's really cool. A little competition. So I think that's where it really stemmed from. I remember my dad had, had like, one of the first Apple iPods. Oh, wow. And, like, one of the... It's, like, the brick. And he yeah. would... Uh, he had, like, several thousand songs. Mm-hmm. And, like, all with, like, classic rock. So I'd always go on there and really just, like, kind of find different things. And then eventually I finally got, like... The iPod Nano, the mm-hmm. really small one. Yeah. And I remember I like downloaded, I think it was like Van Halen, a few albums, and it was like a few albums from uh, The Who too. Mm. And so it was like probably like not a ton of songs, but mm-hmm. all just like kind of like classic rock. And so that was like, I think like the major um, like push into me like really enjoying it. And then I think through mm-hmm. high school, I really just started to kind of like branch out in what I like. Mm-hmm. Just kind of listening to different people. I know eighth grade. I saw uh, Roger Waters. Oh wow! Um, which was a really Pink Floyd. yeah. Yep. Um, he was that was like one of the greatest performances. I don't. I think I appreciated it way more after mm. than I did during the, at the time. Um, so that and then certainly yeah, just going going into high school. Um, I really like classic rock. Like that's mm. what I would listen to uh, when I was studying. Mm. And then I think more so just with other friends, I was starting to listen more like rap and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And then get, going into college, that's when I really started listening to like more like EDM and things like that. So I think now I've really evolved to like kind of listening to three different, very different styles mm-hmm. of music. But and um, you listen to all three kind of in a, yeah. like whatever you're in the mood and for. And I've really like learned to appreciate all of them. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like whatever mood I'm in, mm-hmm. whatever I want to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always like a time and place, I think, for like yeah. certain um, music. And it's it's really nice having friends that are really into each of them mm. um so it's like i i can really like can have a co- good conversation about different mm-hmm. artists whether it be rap or um edm or even classic rock so you all don't feel you don't feel weird because you like older rock bands it's no. like um, it's an accepted thing like people don't be like well, oh my god they're old they're so lame i think with boys it's more accepted like for girls yeah. i don't really find like i don't know any of my friends that are as into classic rock as i am mm. um i feel like you know the major like uh, ever, who doesn't love like fleetwood mac the beatles you know yeah. those majors um but i definitely find myself trying to branch out and just in spotify and finding new stuff because obviously mm-hmm. i've listened to all of those albums so many times which mm-hmm. i still love but i just don't really think that but have you ever have I've... you ever cut crap for it have you like has a have your female friends been like I kind of, I don't Ew. think they know. <laughs> I genuinely don't think oh, so they know. Oh, so you don't talk about it? No. Um, okay. Not because I want to hide it. Like, I, I don't care it if just they doesn't know, come but up. it just, it would never come up. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think for guys, it, it can be somewhat of a stereotype because uh-huh. 
you think like when you say like oh I like classic rock they're like yeah. thinking oh like you're like you're like a dad or like yeah you're like in like that old kind of stuff nice yeah. whereas like, most <laughs> most people don't but I think for yeah. me it's just like one of those things like I just grew up on it so yeah it's, I've known it for so long that yeah but I think a lot of people now especially just have that shared taste for it yeah I think a lot of people know it but I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of people like really have that mm-hmm. um, like enjoy, like enjoy and like go as deep as like mm-hmm. some others do. Mm-hmm. I think that's like where um, some some people definitely different uh, differ in terms of like their appreciation because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people like know bands know like the, their top songs. Yeah. Whereas you know I, I really like to like get to know the artist. And, yeah. Like, what happened with them? And everything I think. In between. Th- yeah, I mean, and I think since since classic rock became a thing, there's been two ways to be into it. One mm-hmm. way is you're actually into the albums, you have your favorite bands, you do deep dives. Yeah. The other way is you just listen to classic rock stations, which yeah, is exactly. the same 200 songs yeah. over and over yeah. again, and mm-hmm. it's like. You know, five from Zeppelin yeah. and, you yeah, know, five yeah, from yeah. Van Halen and, you know, t- two from Loverboy and yeah. two from, you know, uh, Leonard Skinner or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's like these these same things. And it, there's no right or wrong to it, but I've always been... I started out, when I first got into classic rock, I started out listening to the radio because that was just, like, my yeah. entry point to it. But after that, it was then I was buying albums and I was listening I think, to the whole yeah. record. So. I think that was definitely me and like late middle school maybe like early high school uh-huh. where I just kind of put on like that basic playlist yeah and kind of like started familiarizing myself and mm-hmm. then you really start to understand like which bands you really like which mm-hmm. style of rock you really like mm-hmm. and then from there you kind of like start to explore um, like just different areas different songs and you guys feel like Spotify YouTube Apple Music these things help you like discover mm-hmm. other older bands or I don't think so not for me you got like a really snarky look on your face there (laughs) I I have Spotify but so like I have a playlist of songs I already know I like Mm -hmm. and I haven't like ventured out I find do you have Sirius XM I don't yeah so I have uh, XM radio and so like 25 Gabriel does in his car he talks to me about it it's great so like 25 is um, classic vinyl 26 is uh, I forget now, but twenty five mm-hmm. through twenty seven is all classic rock. Oh, okay. So I know I'm gonna like it. So I just go between the three. And gotcha. Undoubtedly, one of the three will play something I might enjoy, and so, so that's so how that's I'll your avenue new, for the that's new. That's why I find new stuff. Okay, yeah. all right. But also on Spotify, when you create a playlist, it'll give you suggestions at the bottom. Oh. Or if you do, there's also. <laughs> There's also... Emma's trying to convert Joel into <laughs> because like Spotify's no, great. No, you should use Spotify. Because they, they I, I like it. But um, there's also like radio, so you can plug in like your favorite rock song yeah, yeah. and just listen to that radio. I should do that. In case okay, you're bored. No, I know. Yeah. It's really strange. I did so Apple Music has copied that. I don't have Spotify, but I have Apple Music and they've done that. And it's weird to me. It is cool, but it's weird. Why is yeah. it weird? Uh, because for me, having grown up on music the way I grew up, to have a computer decide, like, yeah, yeah, what, what songs are like that, it's, Mm -hmm. it's going off, I think it's going off a combination of actually, like, you know, um, the notes, you know, like, the music itself, and then also, like, it's like Amazon's, like, people who bought the book you bought are also buying this book, you know, so it's like... Uh, but it's cool. I mean, I've definitely gotten into songs and records and bands that I wouldn't have mm-hmm. because I've used that feature. Um, yeah, it's just a weird thing to me. It's like, oh, I do like this. How did yeah. you know that, Siri? Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's the future. But it is the future. It is absolutely yeah. the future. I was gonna say I've used Spotify for a number of years now, mm-hmm. and I think the thing they do really well with is um, doing like they do like a Discover Weekly. 
where they'll kind of make a playlist for you depending okay. on like the certain artists um certain genres that you're mm-hmm. listening to mm-hmm. and they also just have uh dozens of playlists now mm-hmm. whereas i think before they were pretty limited yeah but now it's like not just classic rock but you can go into like any decade any like style mm-hmm. of rock mm-hmm. which i think from there you can really start to uh just hear different um artists hear different songs mm-hmm. and the other thing they do is they do like a a, a radio almost for uh, certain artists mm-hmm. so if i'm starting to get into like one band or i really like for instance like uh ccr Queens clearwater mm-hmm. revival i'll go to their radio and they'll have about of the 50 songs on the playlist i would say a third is ccr and then mm-hmm. the other two thirds mm-hmm. will be different artists oh cool and sure there's definitely like a good number of songs that i know yeah but a lot of them I, i've never heard of and a lot yeah. of them I'll, yeah granted probably not all of them but like a, yeah. a lot of them i'll have never listened to and really like yeah and the other thing that makes it i think easy on spotify as well is just being able to look up different artists and then mm-hmm. seeing their kind of top songs mm-hmm. yeah and easily kind of seeing if you really like like the music and then from there i i really just enjoy listening to like people's full albums mm-hmm. so i'll go like in order from like one through whatever mm-hmm. and just kind of like listen to the whole album if i have time that's really cool yeah because mm-hmm. one of the things that people uh some people in the music industry were scared of when spotify became such a thing was that the top songs would um trend and then that's all anyone that's would all, listen yeah. to and no one would ever listen to a full album ever again and I, that's not what i that's not it might be a certain percentage of people do that, mm-hmm. but yeah. a certain percentage of people did that in the fifties. Yeah. Like yeah. they would just buy the little 45 vinyl record and they would never buy the full LP, yeah. you know? So that's been a thing for a long time. So that's really cool where I'm just curious, like where does top 40 play in your, in your lives or the lives of your friends at, at college? Like top 40 as in like, current. I mean, What's that? Current top yeah. 40? Yeah, current top 40. Oh. And, like, like the hip-hop... The, there's a yeah. huge hip-hop station in L.A. It was a couple of them, but, you know. Uh, I'd say most of it is, like, just on the radio, but I don't drive, so I feel kind of, like... Okay. Out of the loop, which okay. is good, because I don't need to yeah. hear all that, but... You know what? When, I'm, when my girlfriend's driving, she's turning on the radio, I always comment how they only repeat yeah. the current... Yeah. Thing three or five flavors of the week yeah. and yeah, they yeah. change it and so I just can't stand it because you hear the same song over and over <laughs> again and I don't like it I honestly yeah yeah um now pretty much exclusively listen to XM radio okay because I maybe maybe at a fault don't listen to music mm-hmm. after maybe 1985 mm-hmm. so I'm kind of in a bubble yeah wow still good that's music. amazing it's just rare yeah. um <laughs> yeah but also I would say that like because you we're asking about like what are our friends like how mm. do they listen yeah. to it? I think that because we're in LA, everyone kind of has a refined taste here. Oh really? Which is nice. Oh okay. At least who I'm surrounded <laughs> uh, by here. Yeah, I don't agree. <laughs> like my friends introduced me to a lot of really cool, specifically like rap and more alternative. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't really. The only time I would ever hear top forties is maybe like at a frat party, but even still, it's like not the annoying yeah. stuff. Mm. I'll, I'll look at like I know top forty on certain like whether it's apple or spotify mm-hmm. and i'll kind of scroll through and i'll recognize maybe one or two so I I, I I did that i did the um i think i just i searched on the web but i've i looked at spotify's top 100 yeah and i didn't know a single yeah. artist on there it was all um like top 40 pop like yeah. or, or hip-hop um mm-hmm. rap um 
so I, I think there's like yeah. definitely a few that I'll recognize like, and the yeah. ones that I do recognize I don't really listen to I think yeah. they're more like cliche mm-hmm. um, yeah. like ones you'll hear on the radio I know last summer for instance I didn't I didn't have a I only had the radio to listen to mm-hmm. I didn't get to listen to my phone or anything so unfortunately I had to <laughs> kind of find the, the radio the good uh, I'm sorry when was this? last summer last summer you you didn't have a phone no, 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 I had a phone, but oh. I, I couldn't link it up to the speaker or anything. Oh, in the car. Yeah, oh, in the okay. car, in the car. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think there was one day where they, they literally played the same song three times in a row. Yeah. Like, during, throughout my drive. And that yeah. was when I was like, yeah, I, I think I'm done listening to that video for a while. <laughs> I'll but, listen uh, to Silence. Yeah, I'd rather. I mean, what's funny about that is commercial format radio has always done that. Like, Top mm-hmm. 40 has always been like that. I mean, again, going all the way back to the 50s, they would pick yeah. the, the top people, and they would just mm-hmm. play that over and over and over again. Yeah. And if you just listen to the station for an hour, you'll hear it come you'll back around. It, yeah. um, That's something so. that I think is actually... Channel 27 is uh, Deep Tracks. I uh-huh. think it's Jim Ladd does, mm-hmm. like, deep dives... I was going to say, because Sirius and XM has sort of the version of what Spotify and Apple Music do and like getting you into new things, but they have curated shows Mm -hmm. by certain, you know, former musicians or or, like actual DJs where they'll actually talk and know about or have interviewed And they're picking, they're handpicking the playlist. Yeah. Yeah. And so you'll you'll never hear like Jump. Yeah. Van Halen. Like, (laughs) like, dive deeper than that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's 27. So that's, I think it's good to get around the top 40. Yeah, current top forty songs. Yeah, serious uh, XM again. Something so, <laughs> so it really does. It just it doesn't sound like top forty plays much of a role in you guys' lives, really. Not for me. Yeah. Or maybe Except like if you're some of the in a rap car with somebody. Yeah, yeah. playing it. Or yeah. like the the yeah. rap songs. I mean, the top forty rap songs. Mm-hmm. We definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely hear at parties. Mm-hmm. But um, not the pop at all. Yeah, not the pop really. Yeah, like ever. <laughs> Like, I would never really hear that. Wow, that's really interesting. Okay, so let's go around. Um, give me You don't have to give me your three favorite because people always say, oh, it's too hard, but <laughs> give me three bands or artists that would be in your in your top five, good candidates for your top five, and let's go the other way. We'll start yeah. with Spencer. Top five. All right. Okay. Yeah. Top five, I would say, just in, in okay. classic rock? Or, no, no uh, or anything, anything, yeah. I'll go rock. Cross just, genre. Uh, um... I would say Pink Floyd, Rolling Stones, U2, um, and then maybe, like, if I were to mix it up, like, Frank Ocean and Mac Miller. Oh, cool. Both, right. like, very good artists. I think, for me, like, when I listen to a lot, a lot of rap, it's more, like, um, more mellow. Yeah. I'm not, um, just more, like, listening, like, into the lyrics mm-hmm. of it and, like, the melody, mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe, like, the... The beat, like the fast beats. Yeah, I think yeah for the classic rock, definitely those, okay. those three Pink Floyd. You're a U2 fan. I'm a huge U2 fan. I never talk about it because, wow. as far as I can tell, it hasn't made it into the music yeah. that I create. Okay, like mm-hmm. nothing I write has ever sounded remotely yeah. like U2. They're very, I think, but I love U2. Um, yeah, yeah, just even Bono's voice. Yeah, phenomenal. I know my when I first got my car, actually, I think I was searching through the house for. Because it didn't have the uh, aux cord. Uh-huh. So I'd look for CDs and cassettes mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. my house. Same with me. And I uh, discovered, like, the Joshua Tree cassette um, just oh, like, cool. lying around my uh, one of my dad's yeah, like, yeah. rooms. So I, like, brought it's that in my album. car. And whenever I was, like, listening to the radio and it wasn't good or anything, I just mm-hmm. pull it out and pop, <laughs> pop it in. And, Time for Joshua Tree. <laughs> yeah. And I, I still have it in my car and I still play it. So Oh, I, that's cool. Yeah. And I've gone through that for dozens and dozens of, dozens of times by now. That's awesome. 
Uh, Joel? Um, definitely The Who, Deep Purple, um, Frank Sinatra, uh, Elvis, and... Elvis Presley? Elvis Presley. All right, we got to talk about that before okay. we finish your list. <laughs> and then... <laughs> I just went to a Queen concert two weeks ago. Oh, wow. So, as of right now, Queen. And is that with Adam Lambert? As yeah, the I was skeptical. Yeah. Because I listened <laughs> the to The Adam Lambert voice. thing is very controversial. Yeah, yeah, because he doesn't, like, remotely sound like... Yeah. Um, he's not trying to be Freddie Mercury, too. Yeah. And yeah. so, when I listened to him on YouTube, I thought, I mean, it, he's a good singer, but doesn't mm-hmm. sound like Queen. Right. But when I listened to him live, it was amazing. Oh, that's and I, cool. I, I loved it. Oh, so cool. So, I'm a big fan of his now. Nice. Nice. Well, we'll come back to the Elvis thing, but Emma. Yeah, I feel like I've kind of already said mine, but... Yeah, Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac, yes. <laughs> the um, Beatles. Uh, no? Yeah, huh. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of sick of them, but... Yeah. I do like Queen. I do like Tom Petty. Oh, cool. Um, Rolling Stones. And then I really like Amy Winehouse from, like, oh, more cool. recent. Yeah. Oh! Uh, we're all I don't good. know how that happened. Yeah, it's because <laughs> I put it up too hard. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. Okay. A little bit of everything, I'd say. Cool. All right, so we got to get back to the Elvis thing. Like, okay. how did the Elvis yeah. thing happen? Because um, you... Elvis is like this, uh, you know, he's this gigantic figure in music history, but he's also like a one-off. Like, you don't you don't generally be like, you know, I'm into this band, this band, this band, and Elvis. It's like, yeah. usually when I talk to someone who's into Elvis Presley, it's like, that's the only thing they're into. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I had a music he's like a like god, that. and they yeah. worship him, and like there's, no, it's like nobody ever yeah. writ, wrote anything. But how did you come across his music? Um, YouTube predominantly. Really? Yeah. Wow. Actually, I had a middle school grade teacher, and she was in love with Elvis and Paul McCartney. Oh wow! And that's all she'd ever talk about. And I kind of just, <laughs> I kind of just write off like you think of Elvis, you think of the persona like. Uh, like his couple lines or like think of people imitating him yeah, in Las yeah. Vegas or something you really think oh, about yeah. it. And he so, became a a cultural like caricature, like a yeah. cartoon character after mm-hmm. a while. And I didn't yeah. realize until two uh, freshman year of college that he's he's really an amazing musician. He's so much yeah. more than his popular image. Yeah. Um and so um I found I think twenty sixteen the uh I don't know who did it, they made an album of his studio recordings mixed with the, I think the English Philharmonic, mm-hmm. and it's it's so good. A oh, lot wow. of it's better than the uh, originals. Like they took his vocals, they and took put his it vocals over... and put it over the Philharmonic. Wow, and it's, that's crazy. It's really good. That's crazy. And so I I bought that whole album, and then um, just on YouTube, there's some good concerts from uh, his seventy. Uh, sorry, not seventy eight, sixty eight comeback mm-hmm. special, mm-hmm. and then in the early seventies, him singing, and it's. I really enjoy those. I mean, I think it's it's clear to me in watching the you know him on television over the years, and uh, that just as a performer, there just wasn't oh, so there weren't good. many people that were yeah. you know had his presence on stage and his ability to move an audience. Yeah, like, it's really sad watching after the fact. You can so clearly see like the de- deterioration yeah. of his body. Yeah, and it's gets me teary eyed sometimes because just think like he's so good. And he yeah, if he didn't have such a drug problem. He could still be here. You could still see him, probably. It's yeah. amazing how many other classic rock artists are still touring 50 mm-hmm. years on. Yeah. And he doesn't... Mick Jagger should be dead. Yeah, Mick yeah. Jagger shouldn't be. <laughs> Most of the stones should be dead. Yeah. Not all, yeah. And he doesn't... I don't think his voice would be as destroyed as other yeah. rock musicians, so it would be amazing to see him. Yeah. But unfortunately, he can't. 
it's uh it's a story that sadly happens to a lot of yeah. really um, incredibly talented people mm-hmm. you know um what's so you're from los angeles mm-hmm. um had you been to LA a lot before you went to USC, or yeah, I actually have okay um, family who live out here. Okay, so you're yeah, familiar with it. Had you had you spent much time in LA before no. Chicago? Actually, I my first time coming to LA was after I got into USC. So mm-hmm. I had like basically committed to USC before I even came to LA. So you didn't visit USC? No, my you parents were so and... against it. Yeah, they were like, "Why wow. would why would we visit schools that you might not even get into?" Sort of thing. Nice. So oh, they were like, "That was oh, super I mean... supportive of them." <laughs> no, no, they were very Ouch. supportive. They're just no, 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 no. I mean, it makes Thanks sense because also it's like on the flip side, you go to a school, you tour it, you love it, and you don't get it. And yeah, yeah, sucks. no, that's true. So, I mean, I didn't really mind. And it's a lot of, yeah, it's a lot of money and time and effort yeah. if you don't get in. I, yeah, I no, see that. they said the second yeah. you get in, we'll, we'll get out there. Okay. So, that, that's how it went. Did, do they have any reservations about you living in Los Angeles oh, for four completely. years? Oh, completely. Completely. <laughs> because um, Chicago's so safe, you know. Uh, the, the northern side is, but, well, actually, yeah. when I went back and visited, I got my phone stolen, so. Um, but yeah, no, my, I remember so vividly even applying to USC and I also applied to like Pomona and other schools out here. He was like, did you definitely want to go to California? Is that, I only applied to warm schools. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. It was very bold of me. Um, but so when I applied, I remember him being like, you're, you're not going out to LA. You're crazy. Like, who do you think you are? Sort of thing. Sorry, this is your dad. This is my dad. Okay. And I just remember so blankly saying, if I get into Pomona or USC, cause those were the top schools that I was applying uh-huh. to. Like I was like, I'm, I'm going. Wow. And so here we are. Wow. Yeah. Cause it's just like, you can't pass it up. I mean like USC was so much higher than the other schools that I got into. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. So what's your what's your experience of Los Angeles been? Now, I mean, because I would imagine, and you probably know this better than anybody, but when I lived in New York City, it was a weird thing. Of, like, if you went to NYU, you technically lived in New York City, but you also had this like, kind of cloistered experience yeah. in the NYU campus. And some people branched out a lot and had a New York experience, but mm-hmm. you could definitely not have a New York experience really? like living there. Yeah. Oh, cause I, well, because you get classes and you got, you know. I went to Fordham in the uh-huh. Bronx my first two oh, years. Oh, okay. And that's how I kind of felt. And I wish I went to NYU mm-hmm. because you're actually living in the city. Yeah. But and Fordham in the Bronx is, is completely gated and yeah, you're cut just, off from yeah. the, from everything. And you're you have cloistered. To take, yeah. So you have to take uh, Metroline North or the D train to yeah. go down there. And that takes time and, like, effort. Right. And so it's so much easier if you can just walk out of your dorm and, like, be in Greenwich Village or something. Right. So it's interesting that you say that because I would – my well, I envisioned yeah. feeling like I'm living in – New York City if I went to NYU. Well, and the other thing, though, too, is that, you know, you don't have to, like, when I moved to New York City, I had to get a job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I had to find an apartment. I had to do everything myself. And most uh, students who go to NYU, they don't have to, you know, list the, yeah, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. They're on financial aid and, you know, they're living in the dorms or, you know, an, off, an off-campus NYU-sanctioned apartment or something. So they don't, you know, so they have a lot of freedom that I may not have, but at the same time, they have a lot of stuff they have to do that I don't have to do. I mean, they have homework and they have classes and all these things. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I think some people who go to NYU definitely do like have a New York experience, but I think it's, it's definitely possible to go to NYU and have a, mm-hmm. not the same experience as if you just move there as an adult and like live there for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but is that how you see 
like your experience at USC, do you feel like you had a LA experience before you got there and now you're having like a USC experience or do you feel like yeah, USC I, is part of LA? Like um, we get back to this question. Well, what I, is LA? What is yeah, Los Angeles? I the live endless question. In Culver City, which is on the west side of Los Angeles. Yeah. And so I feel like growing up I was pretty I was majorly Oh my gosh. I was usually <laughs> in the west side of Los Angeles, so I didn't yeah. explore a lot towards USC. Yeah. Um so I'm glad I went away for college for a couple of years mm-hmm. because I think if I stayed here, I would have felt like I've been cooped up too long. Mm. And I'm glad I'm at USC having lived in LA beforehand because if I wasn't from here, I don't think I would enjoy Los Angeles at all. Oh, really? Like if I were a tourist, I mm-hmm. would, I think I would hate it. Why do you say that? Uh, yeah. Emma's, because Emma's because having a different experience. The, I mean, you're enjoying uh, LA, aren't you? Or no? Yes and no. I oh, mean, okay. Uh, really briefly, I do want to say that you could go to USC and not see LA oh, because yeah, we're yeah. So yeah. we're so far. It's like, yeah, it's a so um, easy. Yeah, but we also do have a lot of events in West Hollywood and Santa Monica, for example, like mm-hmm. social events through USC. So, um, but so you get some exposure to the rest of this. Yeah, yeah, but LA for me, I mean, the people could not be more different from Chicago people. Yeah, from Midwest, mm-hmm. like very. Talk about that though. How? Okay, so I've I've spent a lot of time in Chicago, yeah. and I've lived here for five years. Yeah, so in Chicago, wealthy people don't show their money, mm-hmm. especially compared to the way people show their money here. I mean, like I went to a private high school, mm-hmm. and the nicest car was never more than maybe like a Jeep. Like yeah, and here I feel like kids have Porsches, kids have like Teslas. Kids well, the have... other weird thing is like people who are broke have Maseratis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and no, they're it's, like it's I'm rich, and they're not. It's yeah. like they're real rich people, and then there are like people who are acting rich, yeah. and it's very mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, and it's also like very much so when you go out, people care about like maybe like uh, I don't know. They they don't care about like who you are as a person, just like kind of what you have or like mm-hmm. what your status is for sure. Yeah, it's a very yeah, and so that just creates a ton of posers, which yeah. like people don't pose in Chicago at all. People are, people will be down to just like go out and talk to you about whatever. They don't care about who you are, who you know. And so that's been like a huge culture shock for me. Mm. Cause I, I mean, LA is such a great city. There's like so much to do. There's so many different neighborhoods that have completely different vibes. There's always Mm. something new to explore, but the people are definitely interesting and have interesting values. I feel like I've met a range here. I've met people who are from here who are very real. I feel like I've met people who are from here who are very superficial. I feel like I've met people who've come here from other places who Mm -hmm. are very real. And I feel like I've met people who come from other places and like could not wait to be like a total fake person. (laughs) It's like, yes, LA where I get to totally be fake, you know? And it's like, that I'm not sure that's just about LA. I think you had that before <laughs> yeah. you came here, and this mm-hmm. just gives you more permission. Um, sorry, I want to get back to you because we got cut you off, but I'm also interested in the San Francisco yeah, I think, to LA thing because we've I mean, talked about this on previous episodes with our friend Kate, who yeah. came. She's she was, you know, basically so, raised yeah. in the Bay Area mm-hmm. and came here and had a culture shock herself. I mean, I had visited LA a number of times, but yeah. I don't think I really start to understand it. Until mm-hmm. I was at USC and just how big LA is. Yeah. Because I think when you compare San Francisco and LA, San Francisco is a very dense area, yeah. very much smaller city. Yeah. Whereas LA is just so spread out. Yeah. So I think the struggle for USC especially is it's hard to say, like, oh, I think for me it was like I had the mindset, oh, the beach is 
15 minutes away or something. Yeah. Whereas realistically, from USC, it could be 45 to an hour. It might as well be another state. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I live so, in North Hollywood. I could get to Santa Monica Beach, you know, on a light weekend day in like 30 minutes. I feel like it's another state away from me. It's mm-hmm. really bizarre. Yeah. It's like, I feel like I have to go move to Santa Monica if yeah. I want to see the beach. It's mm-hmm. weird. So I think, yeah, in that sense, especially just USC, I mean, we are not near Staples Center, which makes it really yeah. convenient, especially downtown. Yeah. But you're, you definitely, like, get kind of, like, in that in that rhythm of getting comfortable at USC where mm-hmm. you don't really need to leave because you have everything there. Yeah. Um, you have the education, just, like, the whole building and the, the campus itself. Yeah. It's just so social and everything. Um, so I think, for me personally, it's, like, I get I get itching to go out, and that's yeah. where I really start to like kind of venture off in LA and see mm-hmm. new things, which I which I really like. Um, and do then, do I, any of you? Sorry to cut you, but do any of you go to see live music? I believe you, you yeah. said you mm-hmm. have in Los Angeles. Yeah, I, I, this summer I've been to a few concerts actually. Oh, okay, cool. Um, How about you, more, Emma? More I haven't. I really want to go to like a jazz bar though. Oh, cool. <laughs> I'm sure LA has. That's what I keep bringing up. I'm like, guys, we have to go. Uh, just because I know. LA definitely has like great live music. You I just mean, want to relive scenes from La La Land? Like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I went. Um, I went to the Viper Room once actually, uh, and I hated the performer. We just went randomly, and it was the just Viper like Viper Room has some really terrible bands. Yeah, no, <laughs> like actually, it shocked. That's one thing that shocked me about going from New York to LA because most people in New York, not that New York doesn't have any crappy bands, but like most bands in New York, people are very serious. They're not necessarily concerned with getting famous or anything. They're just they just want to be original. They want to be good. They want to practice to an extent that it drove me crazy. Like they're perfectionist, and it's like they wouldn't give themselves a break and they'd work on an album for like four years because it wasn't like perfect and stuff like that. But I came here expecting not exactly the same thing, but a similar thing. And like my first few shows that I went to, I was like, oh my god, yeah, like they let anybody go. <laughs> yeah. they really like, do. Holy moly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, like, probably one of the memories that I have of just, like, oh, my God, L.A. people are just such Because the Viper Room actually is posers. awesome. Like, I've seen some really awesome bands at the Viper Room, and if if it's a good band, it's a great place to see a show. But I've also seen some of, like, embarrassingly Yeah, it was embarrassing. Bad was like bands at yeah. Viper Room. And, and the thing is, they just want... You know, nothing against the Viper Room, but a lot of the rock clubs in L.A., like, they just want people in the door. Yeah. So if you are a, a band that is not very good, but you can bring, like, 200 people, they're like, absolutely. Like, <laughs> let's do wow. this. Let's have a really terrible show. Yeah. <laughs> and make some money. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because I've told them a few times, but uh, I spent last semester abroad in Edinburgh. Oh, okay. Scotland. In Scotland, okay. Where the music is huge. Um, so they had live music, I would say, every night from 9 p.m. Oh, till, wow. till midnight or later. Yeah. And they are very selective on, like, the bands that they, that played. Oh, wow. They had continuous bands playing, like, once a week. Um, and so, like, I think after a while, we started to get in, like, in the habit of knowing which bands were playing which days. Mm-hmm. They also had calendars. Mm-hmm. And I think co- I could confidently say, like, it was all, like, rock, too. Wow. So not a lot of, like, electronic or even, mm-hmm. like, rap or anything. Which I just appreciate a lot more, mm-hmm. and just the atmosphere within the clubs themselves, mm-hmm. within the bars, just made it a lot more, I think, enjoyable. And you know, if you didn't enjoy one, you'd kind of leave, get up, and a few bar, a uh, few, few places yeah. down the road had another place or had other people playing. Oh, that's so really just cool. Made, it, made it a lot more, I think, accessible. Yeah, I would say, um, for, I think for someone like me who's really into, really into like live music, mm-hmm. especially like 
rock. Mm-hmm. It, it was just like the perfect place, I think, to be. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. As compared to LA, I think it's that's where it makes it a little tougher. Yeah. You kind of really have to go out of your way. And if you go out of your yeah. way, you you know, you, there's always the potential of it being a poor band. Yeah. And then, like, from there, what do you, what do you, where do you yeah. go kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. yeah, let's stay for the next three poor bands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, sorry, I want to get back to you. We're running low on time, I think, but um, we, I cut you off when you're talking about Los Angeles. Like, you, you, you were saying that you definitely feel like there's a different experience at USC with the cloistered mm-hmm. feeling. So, you, like, but you also said that you are glad that you knew L.A. beforehand. Can yeah, you expand on that just a little bit? If you were going to be a tourist in L.A., I think uh-huh. you should go with somebody who lives there uh-huh. or, like, tag along with them so mm-hmm. they know where to go. Um, so you just feel like somebody who, like, so- somewhat like Emma, would be freaked out I, I by just Los know Angeles? I, yeah, because <laughs> if I had never been here and if I just watched American movies, I'd think, yeah. so Hollywood sign, then you go on a street with palm trees, yeah. and then you're suddenly at the Santa Monica Pier. Yeah. But Which, be- those things are all here. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, an hour away from each other. Yeah. And yeah. so, in the rest of L.A. Or- and there's a lot of shitty strip malls between. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. A lot of it kind of just seems super generic and yeah. kind of run down in areas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, unless you're just looking at the the things you see in movies, there's a lot to be disappointed by, yeah. frankly. Yeah, but living here, I mean, you don't really think about it. Yeah. I don't, at least. And I know where I want to go. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, another thing is like if you're near USC, it's a completely different city than West LA or Santa yeah. Monica. I mean, it's it's just mm-hmm. they're so far apart. Yeah, and people living there probably don't even interact with each other. It's really strange to me in a way that America considers LA to be one place. Yeah, you know, yeah. because we make distinctions in other cities, like you know the Twin Cities in in Minnesota. You know, Minneapolis and St. Paul are considered like a unit, but even in the American consciousness, it's understood that there's two big cities that are yeah. connected. Um, and there's other areas like that. And LA is like that the most of anything I've ever seen. Like you go from what you go from Culver to Santa Monica to Compton to, you know, wherever, you know, Norwalk, you know, it's like, it's just a completely different vibe, a completely different look, uh, different people, you know, different cultures. It's Mm -hmm. really like you just go from one place to the other and it's like, Mm -hmm. I think America has this kind of idea of what you're saying. It's like the Santa Monica Pier, Hollywood, but like an over. I mean, some parts of Hollywood are not that glamorous, you yeah, know. Hollywood Boulevard, yeah. Especially. Um, so, but I mean, I think it's like this. Yeah, it's like this very small picture of like where the TV studios are, the mm-hmm, Hollywood yeah. sign, the beach, yeah. and like that's it. That's LA, and you just drive, and you're like yeah. cool in the palm and trees, the, and it's yeah. like. L.A. is, like, so much more vast and complicated yeah. And, yeah, exactly. and fascinating to me. But it was really overwhelming to me, like, my first two or three years here. Yeah. Because yeah, I really didn't understand that. I and I didn't understand that I would get invited to things all over the city mm-hmm. or be encouraged to go do things all over yeah. the city. And it's like, but what the what the heck is that? Yeah. I didn't even know that existed. And it's, you know, you get to this part of town and it's like, this is nothing like anything. Yeah. I've been here two years and this is nothing <laughs> like anything I've seen, you yeah. know? Yeah. So you could drive through the yeah. whole city and just feel like you're going yeah. to a different city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think also just like the lack of transportation, public transportation. Yeah. 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 Just like the lack of like the amount of traffic here. Yeah. Discourages some people, I think from venturing off. To yeah. Them. Yeah. Definitely. Well, that's hilarious because you say that because we we are challenged by that because we yeah. do a lot of shows below the ten freeway, and people that live above the ten freeway will like will not come. They just will not come. Oh, wow. <laughs> and 
And I get it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a haul, mm-hmm. but it's like they'll do a haul from like, you know, Hollywood to Santa Monica Beach to go to the yeah. beach, but they, they won't, won't do go. the same time yeah. to get below mm-hmm. the 10 because in their minds, below the 10 is too far. It's, you know, yeah. it's just like, it's very weird. Up below the 10? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like. Like most episodes, I could talk to you all forever. Thank you so much for joining me here today. It was a real pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Um, I haven't gotten to spend much time with you at this mystery place that we work at. <laughs> um, but the time I have been able to spend with you has been really great. And it was really great to have a more in-depth conversation about music and, and hear your perspectives and your history with it. So thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate mm-hmm. it. Um, thank you all for listening to the podcast. As always, we really appreciate everybody supporting us. And... Um, uh, keep rocking and we will uh, list, uh, tune in next week that's what I meant to say <laughs> All right, take care everybody